I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Karen Ayash's daughter was diagnosed with San Filippo Syndrome A, a rare neurodegenerative disease. She and her husband established a nonprofit to fund research. Eventually, as the work progressed, they launched Lysogene, a biotechnology company focused on gene therapy. We spoke to Ayash, CEO of Lysogene, about San Filippo Syndrome A, why the focus on gene therapy, and the progress the company has made to date. Karen, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Danny, for inviting me. We're going to talk about your company, Lysogene, and and the potential for gene therapy to change our approach to treating rare diseases. But I'd like to start with your own story. Though not unique, it is unusual. Your daughter was diagnosed with a rare disease. When did this happen? What was the diagnosis? And and what was the prognosis? The diagnosis uh, took place 10 years ago when uh, my daughter was born, actually. So we had a diagnosis five, five, six months for birth. And uh, she was diagnosed with San Filippo syndrome uh, type A. So this is a lysosomal storage disorder with heavy CNS involvement. And when we... uh, uh, received this diagnosis, the prognosis was extremely severe. This disease is uh, little and heavy debilitating. Well, for our listeners who may not be familiar with San Filippo syndrome or MPS3A, can, can you describe it? How is it diagnosed? How common is it? And what is the progress of the disease? The disease probably affects one out of 100 live births. So that means that we probably have two to 3,000 patients diagnosed worldwide. This is a CNS disorder that is characterized by profound cognitive impairment in uh, patients and severe behavioral and sleep disorders. So this disease progresses um, all along the lives of the patients. Usually the patient will uh, look quite normal uh, in appearance, to uh, up to a certain age, around the age of two and two and a half. And then the, uh, um, there is sort of a plateauing effect in terms of progress and then a frank regression. So uh, this, diagn- this disease is usually diagnosed around the age of two, two and a half. And as I said, the patients will usually not live beyond their second uh, decade. And how is the disease treated today? Are there are there any treatments available? Unfortunately not. This is a typical disease with high unmet medical need, no treatment available. In certain circumstances, patients who have, for instance, uh, heavy sleep disorders may find some benefit in uh, the use of certain medication, but most of the time, uh, nothing will really work for these patients. So there is no treatment available. When you began your efforts, you, you launched a nonprofit to fund research. What was the thinking? Were you, you focused on gene therapy at that point? 
Yes, that's a very good question. So, um, as most of the uh, other uh, lysosomal storage disorders, San Filippo syndrome is a monogenic disease with a single enzyme deficiency. Hence, the natural or logical route to treat this type of diseases should be to, you know, uh, get the patient provided with uh, the enzyme that is deficient. And the best way to do it, uh, we believe, is to restore the uh, enzyme activity directly in the body of the patient. In the case of San Filippo syndrome, the symptoms uh, are mostly neurological, hence the logical place where we aim at restoring enzyme activity is the brain. And to restore enzyme activity, the best way to do it is to have sort of a, an enzyme factory implanted in the brain, i.e. Uh, DNA able to produce enzyme on a continuous basis. And this DNA is, uh, can be injected or can be delivered, I should say, via the use of a gene therapy vector. That's why we chose this approach, with, which we believe is the most uh, robust and most direct way to treat this disease. So a, a lot of lysosomal storage disorders, the approach has been doing enzyme replacement. The fact mm -hmm. that this is in the brain, does the blood-brain barrier make it uh, more difficult to, to use an enzyme replacement therapy? Absolutely, absolutely. Not to mention the fact that uh, in contrast to enzyme therapy, enzyme replacement uh, therapies the, that, as you know, um, have to be performed on a very frequent basis. I mean, the injections have to be repeated uh, very, uh, very frequently uh, for the patients. The gene therapy approach that we are developing is intended to be a once-in-a-lifetime treatment, which uh, makes this approach much more appealing from both scientific and a, a very uh, a co concrete uh, standpoint for patients and their families. Well, what led you to move from being a nonprofit to creating a for-profit biotech? That's a very good question. So initially, when we started the program, it was a research program. So obviously, we were aiming at, you know, establishing the basis of a treatment. And when it appeared that what we were developing was really uh, compelling in terms of results in preclinical studies, it was time to think about that research program in terms of a drug development program. And then in terms of funding needed, the situation was changing. We were in need of much more funding than, than we would have thought uh, in uh, initial stages. So in my mind, the best way to do it was to uh, create a company able to attract uh, private investors in order to really, you know, set up the, the, the framework for a, a, a genuine drug development program. Apart from that, my personal history is, uh, you know, I graduated in the business, uh, in a business from a business school. I started my career in a private, uh, in a private firm, and I think that uh, I'm also more comfortable, probably, in that type of environment. 
Well, your your background is in accounting, not science. How, how much of an obstacle was that for you in terms of enlisting researchers or engaging patient groups or, or others? I, I, well, I, I don't think there were really obstacles per se because uh, you are, I'm sure, very much aware of the uh, nice interactions taking place between patients, their families, and researchers, clinicians, and so on, especially in the rare disease space, uh, the, the obstacles were mostly, um, or not obstacles, I would, I would rather use the, the word of challenges. The, the, the challenge was to have all the stakeholders working together towards the same objective, which was to set up clinical trials with a, a nice safe and efficacious product. So to have everyone, you know, working towards the same direction. And uh, as you very well know, I'm sure, uh, researchers and clinicians uh, in our field are, are, more generally speaking, are very keen on researching new uh, therapeutic avenues, new therapeutic approaches, but they are very much interested in in uh, publishing, and that's not to be. Uh, I mean, that's not a, 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 a critics that I'm making, but we uh, had to really make them uh, focus on a drug development project rather than a research one. I, I know other people who have started companies because of a, a disease their their child has had is had some problems with investors who were concerned about their decision-making, that it would be clouded by their desire to help their child was, and I know you've been successful in raising money here, but has that been an issue at all with, with investors? No, it hasn't. Um, and the reason why it hasn't is because initially uh, as a patient group or in the early uh, stages of uh, lysogen, most of the funding we, uh, we got uh, was from uh, friends and families uh, members, I, I would say. And um, on a personal note, my child uh, was dosed in this uh, first uh, exploratory study that we launched in 2011. So when, as the founder and CEO of Lysogen, when I turned to really the private, you know, institutional investors, uh, my child has already been dosed. So the personal dimension of uh, lysogen was sort of behind me, I would say. So you mentioned earlier that you anticipate a, a one-time administration. So is is the expectation is that this would be curative? That's a question of great importance that I don't think anyone can respond to today. That's obviously uh, the objective, but there is so much work to be done to be able to evidence that. And what I mean here is that in our first study, we had uh, patients of un between three and six uh, years of age. And as you very well know, the uh, younger you treat a patient with a lysosomal storage disease, the better you are. So if you look at preclinical studies, obviously the treatment we are developing is curative. Now, it's all about uh, the exact uh, effect of uh, the drug in a human patient, and we are intending to have a curative treatment, but what we are aiming at for the time being is uh, to make a difference uh, in the lives of our patients and their families. 
So we are ambitious, but we also need to always be prudent in terms of expectations. Well, let's talk about your pipeline. Your your lead candidate is for MS MPS 3A. Mm-hmm. Where is it in development and, and what is the path forward? For the San Filippo A program, you mean? Yes. Yes. We are currently preparing for uh, pivotal studies. Uh, put it in a in a different language. Uh, we are preparing for a clinical study that uh, hopefully will bring us to marketing uh, authorization. We are actively working on this preparation with uh, uh, top uh, top um, partners, partners of excellence. We aim at starting this study in 2011, uh, 2017, sorry, and uh, what we have to do next year, because we are in 2015, is to complete our regulatory preparation for this study. So we've gone through most of the uh, regulatory steps in Europe, and most importantly, we've uh, completed our discussions with the European Medicines Agency with respect to the uh, clinical design of that study that will be multicentric, uh, but our ambition is to have, you know, to think and act global, hence to have a single protocol for European sites and a U.S. clinical site or two U.S. clinical sites. So now that we have gone through our discussions with the uh, um, European authorities, we are preparing for uh, discussions with the uh, FDA here in the United States, and that will take Sometimes, so that's one of our uh, activities. One of the activities we will perform in 2015. We uh, also ha- uh, 2016. Sorry, uh, there is also a manufacturing campaign ongoing, so that we have a clinical batch uh, ready by the end of 2016. And uh, obviously, we'll have to uh, start, uh, you know, recruiting patients, especially as we will start sort of a natural history study uh, at the beginning of 2016, which will then roll over into the gene therapy trial. And any guess at how large a patient population will, will be in the trial? According to our uh, discussions with the uh, regulatory authorities, uh, we will probably enroll up to 20 patients in a main uh, a mainstream study, so the main study with uh, with patients uh, aged probably up to three and a half years of age. So that will be the main study. But we also aim at having a specific clinical trial for elder patients because we believe that they could also benefit from uh, a gene therapy treatment, even in uh, advanced stages of the disease where it might be uh, that patients are already profoundly cognitively impaired, but we would still want to bring them benefit from a behavioral and sleep disorders standpoint, and which makes goes well, very much sense for the parents, I mean, for the patients, but for the parents themselves. And if all goes well, when might you be able to submit for marketing approval? Pardon me? I say if all goes well, when might you be able to submit for marketing approval? Uh, I hope around the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And I take it that it's not the only therapeutic in your pipeline. What's behind it? We have a 
program on uh, the GM1 gangliosidosis. So we are at the preclinical stage uh, there. We are collaborating with a very, very nice team at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and uh, and their colleagues at Auburn University. We have uh, progressed very significantly during this year in terms of which uh, vector we'd like to use and the type of delivery routes we'd like to explore. Uh, the objective with uh, that program is to enter into the clinic in to in uh, 2017. So that's what we have in the pipeline right now. Obviously, as the company uh, grows, we would like to expand our uh, portfolio of products to uh, additional uh, rare CNS diseases. You mentioned earlier your daughter was dosed. I, I understand she was too late in her progression of disease to prevent the cognitive decline, but mm-hmm. how is she doing today? She has derived a great benefit from the uh, this uh, investigational treatment with respect to her be- behavior and uh, sleep pattern. So there has been a tremendous change uh, post-treatment, a few months post-treatment, which has helped her, you know, just behave much more quietly. Uh, and that has been a, a, an enormous progress for her and for us <laughs> uh, within the family. And three years, four years post-dosing now, she's still uh, very, very quiet. She has become very, uh, I mean, we feel that there is a, 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 a sort of big well-being for her. She's smiling all the time. She's very, she's very friendly. She's very communicative. Uh, and uh, and life with her has really changed. So we are quite happy. We are quite happy. Karen Ash, founder and CEO of Lysogen. Karen, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks to you, Danny. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.